Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This podcast is gold. Basketball gold. You're tuned into the best Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in all the land. Basketball gold. Hosted by Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. Basketball gold, Mike Fratello. I'm Jeff Phelps. Mike, you've mentioned the small forward spot. And to me, it's real clear that's where the Cleveland Cavaliers maybe need to figure a couple of things out. Because you you have Donovan Mitchell, you have Darius Garland, they're starting. You have Evan Mobley, you have Jared Allen, they're starting. And then you have a small forward. And you're looking at different guys there. First of all, Mike, with the scoring in the backcourt, and then the effectiveness of the two guys in the front court. What do you think the Cavs need out of the small forward spot? Because most teams around the league that, that seem to be the big time teams have that wing guy, have that small forward that you really have to deal with. Do the Cavs need that? What do they need out of that spot? Well, I'm going to start at the defensive end of the floor because the other teams probably have somebody in that position that can score. Uh, you know, Toronto, that was the guy that won the rookie of the year. Award, you know, rather than Mobley. Yep. And um, as a result, you're going to need a guy who can stick his nose in there and slow down, try to stop uh, the opposition's small forward perimeter guy that puts it on the floor, runs the floor, and rebounds a little bit. So we start, one, can he defend that position? Then, with the nature of the game, with guards that can penetrate the way Donovan Mitchell and Garland can, playing that middle pick-and-roll game so much where if they double-team the ball to take it out of Donovan's hands or uh, Darius's hands, they're going to make that pass to the big man who slips and rolls short. And what I mean by that is he doesn't roll all the way to the front of the rim for the lob. He rolls four or five feet to get that first pass out of the trap on the Mm -hmm. ball. Then that man becomes the facilitator. He is now the decision maker because the offense numbers the defense. You have two defenders out on top that just trapped the ball, only one offensive guy out on top. That means you have four offensive people. And that man who's short rolls now has to look over the court. If they collapse into the lane, the defense, to take away the layup or dunk, then he's got options on the perimeter. That small forward has to be able to make shots. Make shots create shots. If he can do both things, then he's really going to help his team because it's going to be the pass, the next pass, the put it on the floor, create from the small forward, kick to the next open man as you're collapsing and you have the defense scrambling around. So you'd like a small forward that can one defend, next here in the the league and the way it is now with the three-point shot, one that can get spacing or create spacing by being able to knock threes down, put it on the floor and handle a little bit, run, be athletic, rebound your position, 
Am I asking for too much there, Jeff? I think you're asking for an all-star to slip in there with the other four guys that are out there. And I, I like that, Mike. I, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, you might as well go for it. And, and maybe the Cavs have some of the guy the guys there. Let's let's go over some of this personnel and and tell me why this guy should be the right guy and why maybe he should come off the bench or play a different role. A uh, guy who's gotten a lot of the starts there is Karis Levert, who I've always liked as a player. But I wonder, is Karis the right guy? And this maybe goes back, Mike, to what you said about Derek Anderson. You know, going to Derek and asking him, hey, for the betterment of the team, do you want? can we do this? Where is Karis better coming off the bench and giving Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland a little rest, and then you still have that firepower in the backcourt, maybe a three-man rotation there, or can he find his game playing next to those guys in the backcourt? Harris seems like the type of individual to me that whatever Coach Bickerstaff asks him to do, he'll say, yes, sir, go out and do the best job he can. We know this guy can score. We saw him get 42 right. against Boston. 41, I mean, yeah. Think about this. You get 42 at the Garden to help the Cavs win in overtime, and the next night you go 0 for 9 from the floor. What kind of turnaround is yeah. that? And, and he's had a couple of single-digit scoring games, Mike, which is why I, I've kind of wondered – all right, is it is it tough for him to be back there with a couple of guys in the backcourt in Darius and Donovan, who you know need the ball and know are need are going to score points for you? Well, that knew that night he knew he was going to be one of the primary ball handlers because Darius was out, and Donovan you have to give him a break at times and take him off the ball and let Karras be the man in the middle making decisions and find that Donovan coming off screens or in transition. Uh, but as a small forward, and he can play, if you want to go real small some nights, he can play one through four uh, for the Cavaliers. But mm. as a three-man, as a two-man, we know he can put the ball down. He can create shots off the dribble. You can play pick and roll with him. If his shot is going down, you got a guy who can make threes for you. He has that kind of range. And he'll stick his nose in there and defend for you. So he gives you great flexibility. He can play as a starter, as we've seen. And hopefully, if he's coming off the bench, getting 18, 20 minutes, 22 minutes a night that way, that he'd be able to be productive for them as well. So that's what makes him so valuable to the team is his flexibility. Dean Wade, to me, Mike, looks like Lowry Markinen light. And I say light only because he doesn't have the experience or the resume quite yet. And JB's given him a look as the start of Aaron. Now he's been out with an injury issue. And when he gets back, we'll see what happens. But defensively, Dean seems to have pretty good feet, can stay in front of people. He has that three-point shot the way that Lowry had that three-point shot with size to go with it. Your thoughts of Dean Wade there as a starter and coming off the bench. And I wonder, is it is it too close to a skill set of Kevin Love or can that work? The thing about Dean Wade is the coaches may have had more confidence in him than Dean Wade had in himself. <laughs> is, that, is that good? <laughs> and that's what they tried to emphasize with him every day about, you can make that shot, take that shot. We created that shot, you take that shot. There's no hesitation here because you are a very good shooter. Uh, so with Dean Wade, not only can he add uh, to the perimeter game, the three-point line, he also, in their opinion, is one of their better defenders. So they're not afraid to switch him on to one of the smaller perimeter guys, and they feel he can keep that smaller guy in front of him, make that player shoot over the top of him, 
and that they're not going to get broken down off the dribble to where they're always in a scramble mode. So Dean Wade created an opportunity for himself uh, by his hard work at the defensive end of the floor and the coaches believing in him and watching him play defense and saying he's really good in our team defense. At the same time, he adds to them when they're pushing in transition, you've got whether it's Garland or Mitchell pushing in the middle, and then the other wing is either Garland or Mitchell, whichever one doesn't have the ball, and now Wade running the other side. That guy can pitch to either side. They can stop and shoot that transition three, and they've got a lot of belief in that, and that's why they started in those games. All right, so it sounds like there are two guys right there who you think are real viable options to start at small forward. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Are you saying, Jeff, between those two guys? No, it just sounds to me, Mike, like like you like them both, but for different reasons. But but there are other guys here too. Um, let, let's go with let's go with the guy who started there a lot, Jetty Osmond. And then I remember last year, Mike, when he wasn't starting, Jetty kind of had to find himself, and he had a great start. Then this season, I think it was four straight games of double figure scoring, then kind of disappeared for a while. Do you like Jetty in a role like that, or do you like the energy that he can bring off the bench? You know, I, I think you've said exactly what Jetty has been about the last two seasons. He comes out in the beginning of the season and he's spectacular. Yeah. And I'm not sure. He was really he good. That. He was really good this year. Yeah. I'm not sure you can ask him to do much more. Not only is he making shots, you know, not hesitating, they throw him the ball. Coaches told him, if you're open, shoot the three. He does that. And then he's been creating shots off the dribble, taking it hard, driving to the basket, getting fouled in transition, putting it on the floor and taking it sometimes 50, 60 feet off the dribble and trying to attack the front of the rim, then defensively he's been good. However, and this is that however part, can he keep that up and for how long? Because he has to understand, I just can't be good for 12 games. I have to be good for 82 games to secure my positioning, to give my coach what he needs to get the belief out of the coaching staff that, Jetty should be in there every night. He's a regular guy coming off the bench every night. Because if that doesn't happen, then they're going to start searching for other people to take his minutes. And when Mm -hmm. you get out of a rotation, sometimes you don't get back into it again. Two other options. Lamar Stevens hasn't had much playing time at all. I I love the scrappiness of his game, Mike. And I'm wondering, is he a guy who could fit with those other guys and and be that, that guy who ties it all together? And then you you love Isaac Okoro's draft position. You love some of the athleticism he brings. And it doesn't seem like he's been able to make the other guy work on the defensive end very much. Do either one of those guys fit for you there, or do you like their roles coming off the bench? I think the other two players do bring that element of toughness when they go out there. But the, do they allow the other four guys that are on the floor with them to flourish. And when that opportunity comes, can they make the opponent pay the price 
for laying off them, for challenging them to shoot the ball, for making the right decision with the ball. And I want you to think about the five names now that have just come up. Yeah. If you're a coach, between those five names, where's the separation? And that's what a coach is looking for. Somebody step up, separate yourself from the rest of the group and show me you should be my starter. And then for the next guy, whoever that is, show me you should be the sub in for him at that position. Mm. And it makes it a little bit easier for the coach and staff that way. But when you're up one night, down the next night, up one night, down the next night, the next guy comes in, makes a shot, makes two shots one game, but then the next game he's 0 for 4. You know, the coaches are constantly searching to try to see which is the right blend, the right mix for us. And there's some players you never need a shot to be made, like Rodman. All right, he's going to get it through offensive rebounds. He's going to get it by running the floor and finishing with a dunk at the end and then stick his nose at the other end and shut out uh, the other opponent. So tough decisions sometimes for coaches who to play. I'm really curious to see how that plays out at that small forward spot for the Cavaliers because J.B. Bickerstaff has options and a couple of different options. So that'll be a key thing moving forward.